Welcome and thank you for listening to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Molly Gamble, Vice President Editorial, and today I'm delighted to spend time with Dr. Susan Turney, who is CEO of Marshfield Clinic Health System, the 107-year-old nonprofit health system serving Wisconsin. Dr. Turney, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Can you share a bit more about yourself, Dr. Turney, your, your career, your organization, just to get us started? You know, absolutely. And and truly, thank you for the nice introduction. And I really want to say thank you for having me be part of the conversation today. It's really been a pleasure to um, be active with Beckers, to be with you, and also uh, the many listeners I know that you have uh, out somewhere uh, every day uh, benefiting from what you can provide so if I, you know, if I think about where I started my career, um, I probably actually started my career in kindergarten when I told my teacher I wanted to be a doctor, and she insisted that I couldn't be. And um, I actually told the story a couple of times, but later when I was working in an emergency room, she ended up being one of my patients. So that was kind of a, a full circle story of of. Uh, really not having any clue what it was like to be in medicine, but being a very determined uh, person, I, I stuck with that concept and uh, did go on to medical school and did my residency. And I started my career as an internal medicine physician. And really, there's nothing so fabulous is the ability to be seeing people at some of their most vulnerable times and really that one-on-one -on -one relationship that you have with patients that then oftentimes extend to their uh, family. And I'm very proud that I served in that role for more than 20 years. And for my professional medical career, I was at Marshall Clinic Health System. But it was uh, after being there for uh, an extended period of time, I did branch off into leadership. And my first real major foray into healthcare leadership uh, was the CEO of the Wisconsin Medical Society. And I did serve there for seven years. I then transitioned to leading the Medical Group Management Association in Colorado for three years. And then when the opportunity came to be um, potentially serve Marshfield Clinic Health System again, when they were uh, seeking a candidate for the CEO back in uh, 2014, uh, I took the opportunity to interview and ended up returning uh, to Marshfield as the CEO. Um, you know, I think what's important for me is that I was born and raised in rural Wisconsin, mostly northern Wisconsin. And I think largely for that reason, my heart has always uh, been in rural health care. And our health system really is an entirely rural population. We know that about 80% of the people who live in rural Wisconsin live in our service area. So we're rural and we're very proud of it. And you mentioned that we've been around for 107 years. Uh, we did start as a group practice of six physicians back in 1916 and now we are a fully integrated health system. We extend from Southeast Wisconsin to Northwest Wisconsin and up into the upper peninsula of Michigan. And currently we have, I think about 65 clinical locations. We have um, 11 hospitals. We have one of the largest research institutes in Wisconsin, and we actually have our own health plan. So if you really think about um, where I came from and 
what my life has been about. It's um, it's a, a rich history in rural healthcare. It's one of innovation and it's one of evolution as we continue to strive to really meet the unique needs of our rural communities. Fascinating origin story. And Dr. Turney, the teacher who discouraged you or said that you would not be a physician, was there any premise for that outlook? Is there anything she pointed to as to why that would be an unlikely goal for you? You know, she said, well, you know, girls can be a lot of things, right? They can be teachers, they can be nurses, but they can't be doctors. And of course, when I grew up in a very small town in rural Wisconsin, uh, we, we had uh, a physician in our community who actually, mostly we saw because he made house calls. So my knowledge and experience of healthcare did not come from a personal background with family members or friends or even because of my interactions in healthcare as a young child, mostly with infectious diseases, it came because someone said I couldn't do something. To me, that was a huge motivator. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, that's something can, can really light fire in the belly. Uh, someone saying that it's not possible or something can't be achieved. So I'm, I'm and what a fortuitous ending too, and, and then that she was your patient eventually. But you know, I, I wanna go back to your comments about Marshfield clinic. One of my first impressions of this health system was after reading Dr. Atul Gawande's landmark piece for the New Yorker. And this makes me feel old, but it was in 2009 called the cost conundrum. And in that story, he likened Marshfield clinic to other highly integrated, really physician centric medical communities at the time. So Kaiser Permanente, Intermountain, Geisinger, that was now nearly 15 years ago. Does that characterization of Marshfield still resonate? You know, I think we're even more integrated than we had been when this article was written in 2009. And actually, I was very pleased to have um, Atul Gwandi as one of our guest speakers at one of our major conferences when I was at MGMA. So I had an opportunity to meet him and uh, been following him uh, forever because his, uh, his writings are so pertinent and so uh, important. However, uh, when he wrote that, we were a physician, multi-specialty medical group, as well as a health plan. But over the time that I've been back at Marshfield, we've become a fully integrated system because we now have hospitals. So we have the, the providers, we have the hospitals, and we have the health plan. So both care delivery and, um, uh, and the payer side. And I think what has been great about the work that he has written about is that the issues that were raised in this article absolutely still resonate with us. We know that the cost of healthcare for our consumers continues to increase, as does the cost to providing that care. And without having the opportunity to provide the entire spectrum of care and having that health plan that allows us to innovate on new methods of and models of care delivery, we can't really provide that holistic or systemic change that's needed to really rein in the cost of health care, which really is a crisis right now. And I would say that, um, again, just to emphasize what I've all, the comments I've already made is that when I started, we had physicians in the health plan, but we did not have hospitals. We partnered with many hospitals throughout the state 
to uh, provide services for the care of our patient. Yet we didn't have the opportunity to direct uh, the um, resources that were needed for the hospital, the types of practitioners that were needed, the safety and quality that we needed. And in order to evolve into um, what is now more of a Kaiser model, more of a Geisinger model, more of an Intermountain model, uh, we have grown our hospital presence to really achieve what I think has really been the most meaningful benefit of that, that, that full integration. And I think yet what has been important throughout this journey, which I believe is true for a lot of the other large um, integrated health systems, is that the physician voice continues to be a pillar of who we are as an organization. You know, we've seen a lot of change in the nine years that I've been here. We've seen uh, changes to our structure, to um, uh, the care model, uh, our technology, our geography. All of it has really been successful because physicians occupy leadership roles at every level of our organization, both operationally and strategically since many of the physicians also sit on our board of directors. So I think it's, we've, we've kind of got the best of every world, having the fully integrated healthcare model, really delivering on our promise to provide high quality safe care, but also lowering the cost of care and having physician engagement throughout the process. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you touched on that, Dr. Turney, because I was, I was gonna say organizations like Marshfield Clinic that have been physicians, physician-centric for so long, stand to become even more exceptional right now in this time when just a few very large players are owning more and more of the primary care workforce, especially um, in the U.S. So I'm, I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about this. You know, one metric I know that's really cited heavily in terms of giving, painting a picture of the physician-patient relationship is the average length of appointment time. That's something that in larger corporate settings is much more heavily budgeted. Um, it can leave feeling, physicians feeling restricted. That's not the reason they went into medicine. They really want to be connecting with their patients. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, how as health systems, including you know ones like your size are, are pressed for more and more resources and staffing, how right now do you preserve the patient-physician relationship and that physician-centric nature that really set Marshfield apart so much in the past and even more today? You know, I, I said it a little bit earlier, and there's nothing so special as really taking care of people when they're at times in a very vulnerable situation. And developing that relationship with a patient takes time. And it doesn't happen with one office visit. It, ha it happens because we believe in the model of care that creates continuity uh, throughout a patient's healthcare journey, whether it's preventive care, whether it's um, acute sick care, whether it's helping patients manage their chronic diseases. So when you think about the challenges that we have in primary care, but really in any provider who is involved in the direct care of patient is that there's this real give and take issue. And I'm not sure it can be easily solved. I think, you know, first and foremost, the physicians need to focus on the patient that's right in front of them. And they have to give 
them the care and the attention that they need. And you said it, it takes time. And you have to build that relationship. You have to listen carefully and you have to have the time to ask questions. And as a practicing physician, there are many times patients would come in with one complaint, but actually talking and listening and asking the right questions and having them have the comfort to share what they're experiencing, we ended up addressing oftentimes something very different than what they thought they had come in for. So, I, you know, how do you balance that? So I would say that what we try to do is we try to be more efficient, um, as efficient as you possibly can be so that we can have that patient have a good experience and not have patients waiting for their care, but trying to um, mitigate or minimize the tension that's there that needs to be resolved because we're trying to get patients in, we're trying to get them through the system, and we're trying to make sure that we have uh, capacity to meet the needs of our patients and our population. So, you know, we try to resolve that tension by looking at ways to implement best practices, best processes, um, having tools and technology and workflow so that the clinicians are eyeball to eyeball, eyeball, to eyeball with the patient and not, you know, clicking on the computer or, um, you know, ordering lab tests or, um, uh, you know, prescriptions that can be done through a much more automated uh, process. So I believe that when we optimize these things, then it does give our patients the opportunity to spend more time um, and be with that patient, be present with that patient, but, you know, still see a good number of patients on a, on a daily basis. Um, you know, when people are sick, and my mom had a lot of care over this past year, um, it's not even just the visit with the clinician that they need, but it's all that extended care that's built around it, both with other um, providers within the health system as well as people in the community. That can't be accomplished in a five to seven minute visit. So we're, we're, we're always trying to balance that. I, I think um, we have to really listen to our clinicians as well and make sure that when they repeat, <laughs> repeatedly tell us something is not working, that we pay attention and fix it. So it, it requires everybody on the team to really be part of the solution, but make sure that we uh, don't lose the patient in the process. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's who we're there to serve. We're there to enrich lives, and we must make sure that that happens. It's such a great perspective, though, because it seems though, you know, five to seven minute appointment, there might be some immediate efficiencies to, to such. But like you said, Dr. Turney, if, if you're missing something, if the opportunity is gone to connect with a patient and maybe learn something, connect some dots, and like you said, identify a problem or an issue that perhaps they didn't present with, it, it, that is an efficiency that could when lost, just create more costs downstream. Is that right? You know, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, one of the challenges that we have, and it's um, similar in many other parts of the country, but we in general tend to have an older uh, and a sicker and a poorer population. People who are older do tend to have more acute and chronic medical conditions. And our, we know that our household income is much below both the state and the national uh, level. So when people, um, uh, they're challenged to even come in 
to see someone when they have an issue. And when they're there, we need to make sure that we uh, listen carefully, that we treat them with respect, and that we make sure that when they walk out of that room, they understand the conversation and then are able to do what's necessary, uh, whether it's a treatment or diagnostic test or you know, some specific follow-up with a different provider. So we have a pretty heavy burden as clinicians when you think about it, uh, trying to uh, really um, uh, direct traffic for our patients. So if we can't listen and have the conversation and build that relationship, it's really tough to uh, really serve our communities in the way that we need to. Well, as much of a history as Marshfield Clinic has in, in Wisconsin, you are the first CEO of the system, a distinction that is not as commonly held today given the legacy and age of many healthcare institutions. I'm curious, what are some things leaders like yourself had to keep in mind or must still keep in mind when they are the first to hold a title, a role, a responsibility? Being the first sometimes is, is not always the easiest, Dr. Turney. So I'm just curious if there are any piece of advice or any lessons you've learned that you'd like to share with your colleagues. You know, it's, I, I would say, first of all, that even though Marshall Clinic did, health system didn't exist until 2012, although we have a long legacy of both the practice and the um, uh, health plan, there have been many great leaders in this organization, both operational as well as physician leaders. And if I think back in my early career when I was at Marshall for almost 25 years, uh, and then when I came back, uh, I can still name, you know, many, many people that had an influence on me individually, but the health system and its growth and the innovation and clearly the path that has allowed us to be, you know, one of the largest employers in, in northern Wisconsin. So I, there were many, many people uh, involved in this process, and I'm, I'm grateful to them every day. But truly, becoming CEO at Marshfield uh, did represent a new period in our organization. And, you know, it is probably the most traumatic period of growth in our history by far. And I can say that when, or really what I tried to do coming into this role was to be very transparent about what the vision was and where I thought we needed to go. And it's been critical really to acknowledge our remarkable history, to really stay true to the values that kept us going for over a hundred years, long before I became CEO, and to try to blend what we have been really with what we need to become. And it all starts with our mission, vision, values. And I think when that is the case, people see it. And even if our organization changes dramatically, it's still our people, it's still our patients, and we are still constantly in pursuit of advancing our values. We do need to make sure people are with us. And then looking ahead to later this, this fall or later this summer in September, you will be stepping down from the role. And I, I wanted to hear you kind of share your rationale and your thinking around that decision too. It's something that 
I've heard a lot of people struggle with um, when it comes time to make such an important choice. So if you could share any of the inner workings of that, how you navigate this important decision, I would love to learn that as well. You know, um, you, you made a point that every time one makes a career change is a pretty important decision. And that's true throughout my life. Um, when I was a clinician and then did research, was a program director, became a leader, a physician leader at Marshfield, and then left to go to the Medical Society and MGMA. And, you know, right now, I, I, it just um, it feels like it's the right time. I've been CEO uh, for this organization for almost 10 years uh, through what I believe is one of the most difficult chapters in American history with respect to um, healthcare, but adding the extra dimension of the pandemic. And, you know, we've changed so much in the time that I've been here, and I'm extremely proud of what we have become. I also recognize that there is a need for new voices. There is a need for new perspectives. Um, the, I, I want people who are going to uh, help lead us forward over the next five to 10 years. And it's been exciting building an incredible team who are well positioned uh, to continue to advance our success. So even though I've always, always, always believed in the power of change, and I truly know <laughs> that it can be very uncomfortable at times, but it's really what has helped us move forward. And I think right now for me, it, you know, it's, um, I'm just convinced it's the right time for me. It's the right time for the health system. And I'm very excited. I'm excited about the organization and its future success. And I'm also excited about thinking about what's next for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you postponed your retirement because of the pandemic. I know an awful lot of leaders, very, you know, they did that. And I think that's really admirable. Um, to be able to stick with an organization and get through, like you said, a really tough time in healthcare's history. Um, so I also have so much respect for your point about making space uh, for new voices and perspectives. So wherever you land or whatever your next chapter brings, Dr. Turney, I think to end such a, a great and eventful time at Marshfield Clinic the way you are, um, you're going on a high note, it would seem. So you know, early congratulations. You're still a few months out, um, but just wanted to share that thought with you. Is there anything we haven't touched on so far that we'd be remiss not to make mention of? You know, the only thing that you made me think about right at the end here is the fact that we lived through the pandemic and we learned a lot and we are actually very proud of how we had to reinvent ourselves in many ways to be successful. I think we can't forget, however, that rural healthcare has been in crisis for a long time. Mm -hmm. We have had um, many, many rural hospitals closed. Uh, we have many, many, many of the clinicians that provide services in the smaller communities in Wisconsin and other rural communities that are near retirement, and that includes physicians, advanced practice clinicians, uh, nurses. So I think that the wave of um, the pandemic highlighted challenges in the health care system overall, but really magnified the challenges that we have faced in rural America, 
um, no broadband service. Again, patients that tend to be older, sicker, and poorer than other populations, uh, no public transportation, um, and the inequities in care because they don't have access, not due to not having clinicians, but, you know, the clinicians being an hour or two away. So we're, we're very proud that we as an organization are leaning into our rural communities and providing services when it's easy to pull out. It's easy to pull out pediatrics, OB, behavioral health. We're going in, and we believe that the promise we made to our communities to provide health care locally, to find ways to provide care that's more accessible, and to make sure we have always in the back of our mind uh, the cost of care, uh, particularly to the patient, is always front of mind. So I think it's important to end on that note because it's, um, it's a great time to be in rural health care. And I'm glad that we've been able to put a stake in the ground and have been as successful as we have been. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you raised that point because I, I often think it's it's a shame that rural health systems and also safety nets that are really doing so much so well, keeping in terms of their ingenuity, their creativity in reaching patients, um, their frugality and still innovating in, in frugal times. I just think there's so much to be learned from these organizations and they don't often have the biggest marketing teams, uh, Dr. Turney, to be able to, to really get the word out and to make sure they have a spotlight on themselves. So I, I have a lot of admiration for organizations like Marshfield Clinic. And I just think there's so much to be learned from organizations like yours and as well as the safety nets too. And, and I and I do appreciate that. We are we are very proud of, of what we've been able to accomplish. We have delivered on our promise, and we know that our communities are healthier because we're present. Mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Susan Turney, CEO of Marshfield Clinic Health System, I want to thank you for your time today and connecting with me, and thanks for sharing all of your thoughts about physician-patient connections, uh, Marshfield Clinic then and now, and also your future and what's to come for you. Oh, thank you so much, Molly. This has been um, a good conversation. I appreciate it.